Well, greetings everyone. Welcome back to The Shakedown. I am your host, Warden Aaron Dawson. Uh, glad to be back with you on this episode 10. We have made it to episode 10 already, guys. It's hard to believe that we're already uh, this far uh, into this process. I hope I uh, pray that this has been an encouragement to you, uh, informative, uh, challenging maybe. Uh, nothing else. Uh, it's been a break from uh, the normal humdrum of everyday corrections. I want to uh, talk to you guys today about a topic that's that's near and dear to my heart, uh, but it's also something that is imperative uh, that we be good at if we're going to be successful as a corrections officer. And the truth of the matter is, uh, not only is it imperative that we be good at it to be successful as a corrections officer, um, but it's imperative that we be good at it if we're going to be a success in any relationship that we have uh, in our everyday life. What I'm talking about is I'm talking about communication. Communication is huge when it comes to uh, life in general and life as a corrections officer. Most of our lives involve human interaction and almost all of that interaction is going to involve some form of communication, whether that be nonverbal, uh, whether that be written, or whether that be verbal communication. Now, uh, we've talked about report writing, so we're not necessarily going to get into the written communication, um, but I want to talk about uh, the basics of communication and how incredibly important that is for you and I as corrections officers and as people uh, to be uh, to be good communicators. So. I want to start with a question. How important is communication? And I say, now hold on a second, Warden. Uh, you just got done saying that it's huge, so I'm going to guess that it's huge. Uh, very good. Uh, extra credit for taking notes. Uh, no, it, it is huge. But practically speaking, how important is communication? To answer that question, I want, I want to use uh, a, a few analogies or illustrations, if you will, uh, from history to demonstrate how powerful communication uh, can be. Uh, following the end of, of, of World War I, uh, the nation of Germany um, was, was left pretty much broken. Uh, they were humiliated. Uh, they were economically uh, ruined. And that was the state uh, following uh, the end of, of World War One into the 1920s, uh, into uh, and also into the 1930s. And as as the decade of the 1930s began, a change began to take place in the nation um, of Germany. There was a small group; uh, they were led by a man that was pretty much unknown uh, in the, in the country. Um, but that group and that man began to gain some notoriety and, and some popularity. Um, when the when the powers that be, if you will, took notice uh, of this of this growing, they imprisoned him. Uh, but even in imprisoning him, didn't stop his influence. Uh, he gained more popularity and power, unto the point that this man, Adolf Hitler, was at the highest level of German government. And guys, when you look at that, when you look at the the history that uh, of of Adolf Hitler before he became the chancellor, if you will, uh, of the nation of Germany, Germany, how did this uneducated, diminutive, and unimpressive person accomplish all that he did? It wasn't his education, it wasn't his wealth, it wasn't his his military or maybe his political genius, it wasn't his genetics. 
and it wasn't his titles. What made Adolf Hitler able to rise to a position of power, to rise to a position where he was able to do all those things that he did, as horrible as they were, what made it possible was his ability to communicate and to communicate effectively. He was able to understand the people around him. He was able to understand and connect with the people around him and communicate with them in a way uh, that that connected with them and that they responded to him in a way that that he wanted. Well, as Hitler was was rising in power, uh, as as the Nazi war machine um, began what, what it became known as World War II by by invading Poland and, and the actions that followed uh, across the English Channel, Great Britain it appeared was was unable to stop the Nazi onslaught uh, to the point that uh, yeah they were they were in Europe but the, the the Germans drove them back excuse me to the to the the coast of, of France. Uh, if it were not for the miracle at Dunkirk, uh, a large portion of Great Britain's army would have been uh, captured, destroyed, if you will. Um, but it basically got to the point where the armies of Great Britain were driven back to their own borders, and then it was and even the fact that they were an island <laughs> wasn't protecting them as as the German air force was was bombing them. Uh, it looked like, at the time being, it looked like that Great Britain was at the point that they were about to fall. They needed to be led. They needed to be inspired. But who was it that was going to lead and inspire them? Now, if you know your history, you know who it was that filled that position. That was Winston Churchill. But at a glance, Winston Churchill did not seem to be that guy. He didn't seem to be that person. He wasn't a successful politician. Uh, he seemed unimpressive. That is, until he spoke. I'd like to read you a quote out of probably the most famous, one of the most famous uh, speeches that, that Winston Churchill gave. He says, I have nothing to offer but blood, toil, tears, and sweat. We have before us an ordeal of the most grievous kind. We have before us many long months of toil and of struggle. You ask, what is our policy? I will say, it is to wage war with all our might, with all the strength that God can give us. You ask, what is our aim? I can answer that in one word, victory. Victory at all costs. Victory in spite of all terror. Victory however long and hard the road may be. For without victory, there is no survival. Powerful, powerful words that inspired uh, the people of Great Britain, uh, that, that reminded them that, you know what, we can do this, we can accomplish this, we can't quit, we cannot give up. And they didn't. And the rest, as they say, is history. What was it that made Hitler, what was it that made Hitler uh, uh, so so impressive and so powerful? It was his ability to communicate. What was it that made Winston Churchill the man to, for the job, if you will, to lead and to inspire uh, the English people. It was his ability to communicate. So communication is that huge. You and I can make a lasting difference, not just in the lives of the people uh, that we interact with, though that's, that's a huge part of it, but we can make a huge impact in the culture of where we work, where we live, in our community, on and on and on. But let's let, let's let's stop uh you know 
dramatizing that a little bit and let's talk about what is communication well if you look it up in the dictionary you're going to find there's two definitions uh, uh, specifically that, that we want to talk about for the word communication the first is the imparting or exchanging of information now if that was the only definition for communication was the imparting or the exchanging of information if that was it if that was all we had all that matters is the transfer of information as long as I get the information out there it's all that matters if all that matters is getting the information out there how and when I say it doesn't matter all that matters is I got the information to you but when we look at the second definition which says this a means of connection between people a means of connection uh, between people. When you add that second definition, connection is the point. Connection is the point. Based on those definitions, I want to connect with you so that you not only hear the information that I'm communicating, but you also receive the information that I'm communicating. So when we put both those definitions together, the imparting or exchanging of information and a means of connection between people, that brings us to the point where we consider the purpose of our communication, the motivation of our communication, and the methodology or how we go about communicating what it is uh, that we are actually communicating. So let's talk about uh, those. Let's, let's talk first of all about how do I communicate? How do I communicate? Well, on, on a philosophical sense, if you will, not just a normal everyday conversation, though this can apply, but in a philosophical sense, we want to consider, first of all, what is the purpose of this communication? Uh, is, this, is this a professional? Am, am I trying to communicate in a professional manner? Well, that's going to dictate how I communicate. Is it personal? Uh, well, if I'm speaking from behind a platform and I'm speaking to to thousands of people, I'm going to communicate differently than I am if I'm sitting on the couch next to my wife, uh, per se, because one's professional, one's personal. So the purpose dictates a different type of communication. Is the com communication, is the conversation, is it intimate? Is it somebody that, that I'm extremely close to, that, that, I, that I have a deep emotional bond with? Well, different kind of communication. Uh, is it a big audience or is it a small? Uh, that, that's going to determine the type of communication. Is it a large concept or is it a very simplistic one? That's going to determine uh, how I communicate. So what is the purpose of my communication? What is it that I'm, that, that I'm trying to accomplish? What is the motivation, second of all? What, is, what, is, what am I trying to do with this communication? Am I trying to inspire well, if I'm trying to inspire someone, the, the, the way that I communicate or how I communicate is going to be important. If I want to encourage you uh, if, to, to take some action, uh, whether it's you know to work with a passion or to do a good job, if I'm going to try to inspire you, how I communicate is going to be important. If, if, if I'm trying to inspire and I'm going, all right, guys, we need to do a great job. We need to be passionate about I'm not going to accomplish anything. I'm not going to be able to accomplish anything because I'm not being inspiring. Uh, is, the, is the motivation to instruct? Well, if my motivation is to instruct, then I want to make sure that you understand, the listener understands what it is that I'm saying. So how I communicate is going to matter. Uh, is it to inform? I'm just giving you this information. Hey, I want you to know this information. Well, that's going to dictate how I communicate. 
am I getting on to somebody? <laughs> is this a disciplinary uh, situation? As an administrator, as a supervisor, sometimes that's part of my job. Well, that's not time for jokes and cutting up and, and, and no. The setting determines the type of the communication. And then lastly, not just what's the purpose, not just what's the motivation, but what is the methodology? How is it that I'm going to carry out the specifics of this communication? They did a study uh, years ago, and in this study they found out that communication, uh, verbal communication, uh, nonverbal communication, all that can be broke down like this. Uh, they found that 7% of communication is the words that we speak. 7%. 38% of communication is the tone of voice. And 55% of communication is facial expression and body language. Now think about that for a minute. If 7% of communication, simply 7% of communication is the words that we speak, I can say exactly the right words and still be 93% wrong. <laughs> Because just 7% is the words that we speak. The tone of voice, 38%. The tone of voice matters. The facial expression and the body language is huge. 55%. Let me illustrate with this. Let's say hypothetically that I come into the room and my wife, my wife is there. And, and she says, uh, honey, I've got this, this, this problem. Okay, well... Uh, she's going to tell me about this problem. So immediately, my mind, just speaking personally, my mind goes into problem-solving mode. So she begins to tell me about her problem. Well, the minute I have enough information that I can begin to process what it is that the quote-unquote problem is, man, I go into, my, my brain goes into hyperdrive. I'm, I'm, I'm offering solutions. I'm, I'm thinking of solutions. I'm thinking of processes. Okay, here's the deal. Here's the main issues. All right, we can deal with this first. We can deal with that next. We can deal with that next. And I am just itching. I am just waiting for my wife to stop telling me about the problem so I can start telling her about the solution. So she's telling me about her problem. Well, she gets done and she pauses for just, just a little bit, and here I go. I mean, just wide open, just, boom, here I go. Man, I'm going into problem-solving mode. Well, <coughs> excuse me, as I get done uh, giving her the, the, the discourse or my dissertation on how to solve her problem, I look at my darling bride, and, and do you think I'm seeing gratitude and, and joy in, in her face? Uh, well, guys, back me up on this. Uh, you know, if you've been married for 10 seconds, you realize that's probably not the response I'm going to get. And here's why. She didn't want me to solve the problem. She wanted me to listen. So though the words I said were accurate, they were solving the problem. That was only 7%. 93% of what I communicated to her is, is what you are saying is not as important. How you are feeling is not as important as solving the problem. I communicated to her something totally separate than I really thought I was communicating to her. And I was offensive rather than expressing affection or devotion or love to this woman. So the point is how I communicate how I communicate matters. 
my tone of voice, my facial expression, when I speak, when I don't speak, uh, so forth and so on matters. Well, guys, uh, we're out of time for today, but I want to continue a uh, little one. I want to continue this talk about communication uh, next time in episode 11, and we'll jump in uh, in episode 11 to uh, talking about how important it is when we communicate. Well, guys, I uh, hope you have an awesome, uh, awesome day, an awesome week. As always, let's stay sharp. Let's stay safe. Uh, let's stay vigilant. Godspeed to all of you.